When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Friday here in the North Shore Drive podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. We're joined today by Ray Fittipato, who's in Mobile, Alabama, covering the Senior Bowl. All week long, he saw the practices and who specifically Mike Tomlin and the Steelers were looking at the closest. We'll talk about those top targets and how the the, the, the interest that they're looking might interact with the new hire of Arthur Smith, at offensive coordinator. All that here and more on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive Podcast, a show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, hosted by Christopher Carter. Hello and welcome to the North Shore Drive Podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Chris Carter, Ray Fittipato. As always, you can find all our work written at post-gazette.com. You can find all our podcasts on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Just search for the Post-Gazette Sports Department or search for the North Shore Drive Podcast. As always, we have our Monday, Wednesday, and Friday shows as well as our daily content that comes out from all of our Post-Gazette Sports writers. And this episode is brought to you as always by Mike's Beer Bar, the best bar in all of Pittsburgh. Go down to Mike's Beer Bar today to experience the best bar because they have over 500 different available beers. 300 of those beers are from the local area. 80 of those local beers are available on tap check out mike's beer bar today more on them later ray you've been in mobile alabama we want we'll get to the different position breakdown segment by segment but everyone wanted to know what would the steelers be doing with the offensive line and it seemed like the steelers made a big priority especially on the first day of practice to go and see those guys who did you see standing out there yeah chris tuesday was a big first day you know the way they structure these senior bowl practices um you know, with the game on Saturday, really the the best days to watch for the coaches are really Tuesday and Wednesday. So lots of one-on-ones, and that was certainly true um, with the O-line and the D-line. And I can tell you, uh, focused in on Mike Tomlin, up in those drills, he was watching Jackson Powers Johnson, the center from Oregon, and he was also play- paying close attention uh, to some offensive tackles. Now, the offensive tackles who were here – um, you know, there might be like the top half of the draft, say the top 15, the Joe Alts of the world, he's not here. Uh, some of the other guys aren't here, the top guys, but there were four or five guys who were at the senior bowl who could be first round picks. So some of those mm-hmm. guys might be in play for the Steelers as well. Guys like Tyler Guyton mm-hmm. uh, of Oklahoma, Patrick Paul from Houston is more of a second round pick, but uh, I saw him interact with Mike uh, out on the field early in the week. So yeah, I mean, could they go tackle two years in a row? I don't know, but uh, you, we all know the situation uh, that the Steelers have with Okorafor likely getting cut and Dan Moore really not being um, you know, able to play on the right side. So there is a need for a right tackle. And also, of course, center, we all know the Steelers have to upgrade over Mason Cole, whether that's through the draft or through free agency. Absolutely. And the draft seems like a place to do it. Um, it was interesting going into the senior bowl, the, you know, I'm, I had not had a chance to study in depth. Anyone. I had taken quick glimpses at guys like Cedric Van Pran, Jackson Powers Johnson. And I was kind of like, I wasn't sure 
who you know how they would grade out against other people because I haven't done an extensive film research on on the entire class, uh, not just center but everywhere. And so I was basing it off of like, oh, okay, seeing where other draft experts who do that all the you know full time, where do they have guys ranking? And Jackie Powers Johnson and Zach Frazier, I think those were kind of consistently two of the top centers that a lot of people had, and they had them all as second round guys. But then all of a sudden, Senior Bowl happens, and we're seeing film of Jackson Powers Johnson just putting people away burying them doing well in pass protection showing good handwork good footwork and yeah. then you all see Steelers talking to him and now all of a sudden people are talking to him like he's a first round pick center yeah. isn't isn't the same for kind of first round pick that it used to be in the NFL right but do you think that this could be an exception to that new rule yeah like so what Tyler Lindenbaum was drafted late in the first round was that mm-hmm. two, or th- two or three years ago yep um but you're right you know you you don't see Centers go off the board in round one very often anymore. Um, you know, round two, yeah. I mean, teams see more value in round two with centers. Um, Jackson Powers Johnson is impressive. And if you look at what the Steelers have been lacking on the interior since Marquise Pouncey um, retired, and even in the latter years of Pouncey, when Pouncey slimmed down, you know, he was playing like a 290 or 295. And it's happened with Kendra Green, and it's happened with Mason Cole, too. They're light. They can get pushed around. And when you have a 335-pound center who can move like uh, Powers Johnson, um, he's not going to be pushed around like those guys uh, were pushed around in the past. So is he worth the number 20 overall pick? Man, that's kind of high for a center. But uh, I'll tell you what, he was very impressive this week. Um, in, in Mobile, he did not practice today. He's not going to play in the game. He tweaked his hamstring, mm. but he did more than enough on the first two days uh, to solidify his draft status and maybe sneak into that first round conversation. Yeah, um, that's. I, I thought that that was the, the interesting part of this. Is does he get, does he get into that conversation? Um, and, and listen, part of this could be the balance of <laughs> do you go for pure value or do you, how much do you mix need into it? Because you don't want to go full need because so full need that you end up with the guys like Hardy Burns, you know, at, at cornerback. Um, but at the same time, you need an answer at center. And if they if they play around and they get another position in the first round and then their next pick comes, what do they pick 52? I think 51. 51, I think. Yeah. So their, their next pick is 51. Then all of a sudden if Pat Powers Johnson and Zach Frazier are off the board, then you're gonna be sitting there like, dang it, we missed one of the dominant centers that we were really confident about this draft class. And there there might be others. There's Zach the, the Burton guy from uh from uh from Duke, uh there's Cedric Van Pran from Georgia. But I, I think the Steelers they need to knock this pick, the, the, this this first pick. It's probably I feel like it's gonna be offensive line just with the talent that we're seeing this year and the needs the Steelers have. But I wanted to ask you because one of the positions that doesn't get questioned of being picked in the first round is offensive tackle. I, I think we could see a big run of offensive tackle. Yeah. guys get picked there. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Mel Kuyper's first mock draft, he had eight offensive tackles going in the first round. Chris, that's the first time. Uh, if that comes true, if that happens, it would be the first time since 2008 that eight tackles went in the first round. Um, so it, it's a very deep class. Um, you know, I got a chance to watch Guyton out here this week. He is an elite athlete. He can move. Uh, he moves like a basketball player out there. Mm. Um, now he's not refined, you know, right. in terms of his pass rush, uh, excuse me, pass pro technique. You know, he tends to duck his head a little bit, but I think you can coach that out of him. 
Uh, you know, another guy here, Patrick Paul, has been really good. Uh, Houston, know, right? He's not getting first round buzz, yeah. But uh, he's been impressive. You know, if you want to wait till the second round, um, I don't know if he would be there at fifty one. But uh, Patrick Paul, that has been really good too, and he, he might be there at fifty one. You know, this um, this is a deep receiver class too. We all know quarterbacks are going to go off the board, so not not all these offensive tackles we're talking about. Um, you know, are, are going to go off the board as quickly as we think. But, uh, yeah, there's the kid from Oregon, Oregon State, uh, Fiwaga, mm-hmm. who's out here this week. Kid from BYU that I like. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Kingsley Suamatea, I believe. I actually believe you got that right. I heard yeah, someone yeah. – I, I was looking that up myself earlier. Okay. Uh, he's a really good athlete. But I, mm. I, again, I don't know that he's going to work his way into the first-round conversation, but – um, these guys are big out here and they're athletic for their size. So um, there, there's going to be plenty of opportunities for the Steelers to fill that void if they want to. And I can't stress enough. People say, well, you got all your offensive linemen are under contract next year. Why can't you take a receiver? Why can't you take a corner? People do not understand. They're going to move on from Chukso Corfor. The dynamic with Dan Moore at left tackle and Broderick Jones I think they're going to move Broderick Jones back to his natural left tackle position, mm-hmm. um, which would make sense. And what would, have we heard from Mike Tomlin all season? Dan Moore is better on the left side than he is on the right side. So if they do move Broderick Jones back, Chris, to mm-hmm. the left side, they're going to need a uh, they're going to need a right tackle. And uh, this is the perfect draft um, to, to add one. There, there's plenty of them. You could do it at 20. You could possibly do it at 51 in the middle of the second round too. So I, I hear from a lot of people, well, they don't necessarily need offensive linemen. If you break it down and you look at the contracts and you look at the position flexibility or lack thereof with Dan Moore, I think you most certainly need. one. I'm right. I'm right with you here. Like, and here's the other thing is that say, say you get a, you draft another left tackle. You can put Broderick at right. Because he did, he did what he did all right or right. But this, but that gives you the option to go either way with both of those guys. And presumably, if you take one in the first round, that's two first round tackles. That's how you build an offensive line. It took yeah. two first round picks and Pouncey and DeCastro to make their to make to make the offensive line that was last really really great for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think they'll need to do that again. And here's the other thing: I think if you get one, you'll get a tackle in the first round. You gotta go get center in the second round, or say vice versa. If you get center in the first round, you gotta go get tackle in the second round. You cannot play around with either of those positions. This this offensive line needs that help unless you go and get somebody in free agency. But Free age, good free agent offensive linemen are expensive. So yeah. that can be very tough to, to get at. I want to talk with Ray about other skill players that he saw at the senior bowl that impressed him. We'll do that in a minute here on the North Shore Drive podcast for the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. But first, I want to remind you this show is brought to you by Mike's Beer Bar, the best bar in all of Pittsburgh. When you go to Mike's Beer Bar, they have over 20 televisions. So if you want to go there to watch the Super Bowl next weekend, that's the perfect place to be. You'll never be without an angle on the game while you're also sampling one of their 500 different available beers. 300 of those beers are from the local area. Eight of those local beers are available on tap. You can find Mike's Beer Bar where they're always bringing you new stuff. And those 80 beers that are on tap, they're rotating the new ones in and out every single week. So menus, I literally, when we've done shows there, I've literally seen the the, the waiters and waitresses stuffing the, the menus with new with new sheets because they have to add, switch out all the beers that they're, that they're getting in there. Whether you like pale ales, stouts, IPAs, meads, 
whatever you want, Mike's Beer Bar has. Go to Mike's Beer Bar today. When you get there, you can also try their amazing food like Steak on a Stone, where you get your choice cut of steak brought to you on a heated stone. That that you cut every key piece that you cut off from that steak, you press into that stone. You can choose how well done you want every piece of your steak. Go to Mike's Beer Bar today to experience the best bar in Pittsburgh. When you get there, tell them Chris sent you. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Back here in the North Shore Drive podcast, Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, Chris Carter, Ray Fittipato. Ray, um, offensive line is very intriguing, but the Steelers need help elsewhere. They need help at cornerback. They probably need a third wide receiver. Um, you can talk about defensive line. You can talk about linebacker. There's a lot of different things the Steelers could be looking at in this draft class, so it's not a given that they're definitely just going to draft offensive line, and that's it in the first couple rounds. What were the other groups or players that, that stuck out to you that you saw either the Steelers talking to or just playing really well that you think will pique their interest? <laughs> Yeah, uh, no, this is also a very deep cornerback class, Chris. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you could see a run on corners, maybe as many as five or six go in the first round. And the best one here at Senior Bowl week was Quinion Mitchell uh, out of the University of Toledo. Um, really good all week. Um, he's going up against some good receivers. And uh, he, he I, I don't know that he was beaten once. I'm sure he probably was. Uh, but he had an excellent week. And I'll tell you a story. Um, Tuesday night, uh, you know, in addition to the practices and the games, you have uh, teams set up meetings with these prospects. So they have these rapid fire meetings, maybe five, 10 minutes a piece where they could sit down with prospects. And Mitchell was in a meeting with the Steelers. Mitchell, uh, Mich- Michigan receiver Roman Wilson was coming in. Mm-hmm. So they were crossing paths. And Mike Tomlin uh, pulled them aside as they were, you know, exiting and, and, and uh, coming into the room. And he said, I want you guys to go up, uh, go up against each other as much as you can tomorrow in practice. So on Wednesday, we saw heavy doses of uh, Mitchell on Wilson, and it was a good battle. So um, Mike Tomlin is aware of those two guys. You know, Mitchell's more of a first-round guy, maybe early second round. Uh, Wilson, probably a day two guy. Uh, you know, he, he had a pretty good week down here. Um, so uh, it, it's just interesting how Mike Tomlin gets involved down here. I don't think any other coach in the NFL does what he does. He tries to orchestrate matchups. He tries to make it worthwhile for him and the Steelers to be here. And uh, those are two um, skill guys that uh, I think the Steelers are definitely going to keep tabs on here as this draft process continues. Other names you brought up in an article that you wrote for the Post-Gazette, you brought up Western Kentucky's Malachi Corky. Uh, you brought up Georgia's Lad McConkey. Where do you see a similarity between the, between these guys and the uh, and the receivers that you that you already mentioned? <laughs> well, I mean, McConkey's uh, – I mean, he's got speed. He could go deep a lot and play outside if you want him to, but he, he's your prototypical slot receiver. I think he'll be a very good slot receiver probably a day two pick. You probably can't get him after the second round. Probably can't wait until the third round to get him. Corley's interesting. Um, 
running back type of body. Um, he compares himself to Debo Samuel. Um, and we all know the success that Samuel has had in the league, uh, you know, with the 49ers. So, you know, could could a team like the Steelers or another team sort of recreate the same thing? Um, you know, we'll see. But he's been very impressive down here, too. Um, he's known for uh, catching the ball short and then running after the catch. But he also said he's, he's working on his entire route tree down here. And he doesn't want to be pigeonholed as just uh, sort of that uh, Sam, Debo Samuel type of uh, slash player, you know, running back receiver. So we'll see how that goes. Also, a couple of famous uh, – a couple of sons of famous players down here. Jerry Rice's kid, Brendan Rice out of USC. Mm. Day, late day two, early day three type of guy. And Luke McCaffrey, son of Ed McCaffrey, brother of Christian McCaffrey. He plays at Rice. And, uh, you know, he's probably also late day two, early day three type of a guy. So those are some names to keep an eye on. A lot of the best underclassmen, uh, a lot of the best receivers are underclassmen in this draft. But some of those guys I mentioned uh, will be, you know, day two picks and uh, early day three picks as well. Yeah, I think that's going to be interesting because, um, like, listen, Allen Robinson came in and did, like, little things here and there that I thought were good for detailed work. But, like, at the same time, he wasn't the play ma- the playmaker that you needed. He wasn't a security blanket for, for Kenny Pickett or Mason Rudolph. Um, you know, Deontay Johnson and George Pickens were essentially your receivers for the year. Calvin Austin, you know, had some big plays here and there, but he wasn't a consistent presence either. And I looked like he didn't, you know, whenever someone pressed him, that was pretty much it. He wasn't able to get off the line pretty well. So I, I get investing again at wide receiver in like the, the early to middle rounds, because if you could find that third receiver, it makes your game, uh, you, it makes your passing game more dangerous with the with the other guys you have around. Also, they got to consider what's going to happen with Deontay Johnson because the last year of his big deal is coming up this year, and you don't want to be in a position. I think next year he could kind of hold that over you guys over the Steelers and be like, "Hey, um, uh, if you don't pay me, you don't have an, all you have is George Pickens and Calvin Austin. You don't want that situation." And then you have to make a tough decision between like a Deontay Johnson and maybe adding, you know, adding to your quarterback room and other things like that. So if they fi- if they found another receiver who could be like a good number two with Pickens next year, and then maybe they could get another receiver after after that, that could be the answer there. But it's also tricky because at the same time you have all these other needs here uh, for for the for the Steelers, and you could say, you know what. Pat Frymuth can be basically the third wide receiver with his with his receiving skill at the tight end position. There's a lot of different ways for them to go. Um, what are other positions that you think the Steelers were taking a look at that maybe aren't being as talked about from the time of the senior bowl? Well, I mean, Chris, we all know defensive line is a big need. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's some good players down here, but quite honestly, this isn't a great draft for defensive linemen. One name to keep an eye on, though, um, Darius Robinson from Missouri. Uh, played edge as a senior, but he played three technique and five technique earlier in his college career. He does have prototypical three, four size. I was out there watching him uh, earlier in the week, six, five, 290 ish, you know, 295. Um, He can add weight. He's he's got the size to, to go up to 300 or a little bit over. Um, So if they are looking to finally get a replacement for Cam Hayward, um, I think they have to pull the trigger earlier than the third round. Look what happened. They kind of took a, a flyer on DeMarvin Leal. He had some some maybe red flags come out of college. He's not a contributor. He was a healthy scratch late in the season. Spent a fifth-round pick on Isaiah Loudermilk a year before that in 21. 
he, he's an okay rotational player, but he's not going to be a starter, a future replacement for Cam Hayward. So to me, you know, you go the middle round route with those guys, you don't get it done. You probably have to spend a first or a second round pick. And like I said, you're, you're getting a first round defensive lineman in this draft is highly unlikely. There just aren't that, that many of them. But Robinson might be a guy on day two, maybe even, uh, uh, you know, second round or third round who could possibly fill that void for you um, since you took a swing and you took and you missed with uh, both Leal and with Lottermilk. Absolutely. I want to talk more about, about the players that they were looking at and the style of players that they're wanting to get and how it fits with Arthur Smith, the new offensive coordinator. You and I talked about a little bit about offensive coordinators on Monday uh, before we knew who the Steelers were picking. Brian and I broke that down on our Wednesday episode after, after the decision was made. But now – now you start to build this offense with this new offensive coordinator, knowing who you got. I want to talk with who who might be the right fits for those for those moves with Ray Fittipato here on the other side of this break here on the North Shore Drive podcast in the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Chris Carter, Ray Fittipato, stick with us. We'll be right back. Back here in the North Shore Drive podcast and the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, Chris Carter, Ray Fittipato, continuing our talk on Steelers. Ray, you know, again, we've gone over a lot of different players that the Steelers are looking at in the Senior Bowl. We'll have a lot more of that when the Combine happens. There'll be more discussions there. And then there's, of course, the official visits that happen in the weeks after that. There's a long draft process here. But with Arthur Smith, you now have an idea of the kind of system or the kind of coach that, they, that, that that's going to be coordinating this offense. And if you look at Arthur Smith and the way that he's called on his offense, both with the Falcons and the Titans, you can see a lot of 12 personnel. You can see a lot of running the football. You can see a lot of zone options uh, and play action passes. So you can see a bunch of different things like that um, moving forward. And if you're looking at that, do you feel the Steelers, this is more so in line with what the Steelers have been doing with Andy Weidel and Omar Khan over the past year? Or is there going to be some part of their approach that they've had as far as looking at players that they're going to have to change to maybe fit what Arthur Smith wants to do? Yeah, I mean, whether Arthur Smith was hired as the OC or not, we all know that Andy and Omar want to build through the trenches. So mm-hmm. um, it, it does mesh perfectly with Arthur Smith's background. Um, you know, I read Jerry Dulac's story. He talked to Mike Malarkey and Ken Wisenhunt earlier in the week. And um, I think it was Malarkey who said they just, he likes to grind you into a pulp. You know, they just, he likes to wear on teams, uh, you know, take their will away by, by pounding the football. We don't, you know, he did that with Derrick Henry. Um, and, uh, you know, he was very successful with it. So, you know, the Steelers have the same types of personnel. Najee Harris isn't uh, Derrick Henry, of course. Um, you got a nice change of pace with, with Jalen Warren. You got a good tight end. He likes to use tight ends. You got a good tight end with Pat Fryermuth. So, you know, could they add another tight end who would maybe, maybe be a little bit more of a threat in the passing game than Darnell Washington? I don't know. Maybe we'll see. Maybe they make that move in the draft or free agency. But yeah, I think you're right. I, I think his philosophy meshes very well with with the front office philosophy, front office's philosophy. And just because they've drafted offense so often in the last couple of years, he's got a lot of the players in place to already run his offense. Some people might be thinking the Steelers are are not doing anything or enough at a quarterback position. You know, Mason Rudolph's set to be a free agent. Mr. Trubisky's probably going to get cut. Kenny Pickett didn't have exactly a great year. Um, and if you're if you're using picks on offensive tackles and centers and corners and wide receivers, then you're not trading to get Justin Fields. You're not 
trading up to get Jaden Daniels or one of those guys. Is this an, an oversight on your part for this? Do you think for the Steelers, or is this kind of just like what it needs to be before they do maybe make a splurge at quarterback? Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I know the Chiefs traded up from like 27 to 11 to get Patrick Mahomes, right? Mm-hmm. But Mahomes wasn't even a top 10 pick. Um, when you look at this draft class, those the, the top three are going to be off the board in, in, in the top five. Yeah. Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden, maybe Jaden Daniels slips a little bit, but he, he's definitely going to be a top 10 pick. To make a move like that, um, for the Steelers, it's just it's going to cost too much, and you wouldn't have enough draft picks to address your other needs. And I'll tell you, Chris, I was down here watching the Senior Bowl this week. I'm going to write about the quarterbacks for Sunday, but uh, to me, there's no difference between Kenny Pickett and Bo Nix. Um, there's no difference between Kenny Pickett and Michael Panix Jr. Mm. Um, you know, these the second tier quarterbacks in this draft. I don't believe there's. I don't believe they would be an upgrade over Kenny Pickett. So, uh, kind of the dilemma that every team that uh, doesn't finish in the top five or top seven on the draft faces every year. If you don't have a shot at one of the top guys, you're probably not going to solve your quarterback issues um, in this draft. So, to me, it is what it is. What it is. You're going to get Kenny Pickett for one more year, kind of a make or break year for him. To me, you build around him. You do everything you can to make him successful. And then if you have to go out and find a quarterback in 2025 because Pickett doesn't step up, then you go ahead and do that. But I think they're prepared to go into the 24 season with Pickett as their starter, and I think they'll approach this offseason accordingly. And, and listen, if let's let's say they hit they hit on these picks. Like last year, you know, already talked about we you need to hit more picks like you did this past season, like the 2023 draft, broader broader Jones, Keanu Benton, Joey Porter Jr., Darnell Washington, Nick Herbig. That's what five guys that were good to great contributors for them as rookies in their in their first season. If they can have another draft where say three or four guys are contributing and 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 making stuff, you know, you get the center, the tackle, the corner, you know, a receiver, you get you get those those type of things, then all of a sudden your offensive line solidified. You have three you, you have multiple playmakers at wide receiver, multiple playmakers at tight end, multiple playmakers at running back. You have a defensive front that still can that still can play well. You have a pass rush that's still active with TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith. Maybe your cornerback situation is much better than it's been in a long time if you have Porter and another good corner out there. If you can get another safety to pair with Mika Fitzpatrick and your linebackers just aren't depleted by injury all of a sudden you have so many things that are working in your favor and then after you've done that the year after that and you those guys then that that core is still built up I think that's the time that if you don't think you like what you see with Kenny Pickett or anyone else on your roster quarterback then once you've solved all of those problems that's what you can take the step but they're not at that point yet they need a center they need a tackle and they yeah. need several other positions and that's why I'm with you I think that this isn't the time to, to to spend big and go get that major quarterback. If one falls to you that you think is great, awesome. But I'm right with you. Uh, I think Michael Penix, he has a lot of guts, but you know what? He, get, he gets hurt a lot. He has like four season-ending injuries in his career, and then he was also hurt in the NFL, in the college football playoffs when we saw him. Uh, and, and again, heart of a lion, but you, you, you it's tough to take an early risk on a guy that gets hurt yeah. as much as, as much as he did. Um, and then, you know, you go, you go down the line, like you said, I, you know, I'm not convinced of Bo Nix or, you know, the, the guy from Tulane, any other guys that they're, that they're the game changers right now, this team needs to build up around the quarterback position. And if Kenny Pickett works with that, great. If not, you know what you need to do next year. Yeah. Hey, I, I'm not saying they, they won't draft a quarterback in this draft, Chris. We all know 
Trubisky's probably going to get cut. We don't know what's going to happen with Mason. You know, could they get like a guy like Pratt, you know, uh, with one of their two fourth round picks? Uh, Spencer Rattler is another guy who's down here at the Senior Bowl. You know, much ballyhooed coming out of high school, but, um, you know, it didn't really work out for him, at least his first couple of years um, as a college quarterback. So there are those types of players, probably not going to be second or third round picks, but hey, maybe in the fourth round, what, take a flyer. You know, you, you got Kenny, you got whoever the backup is, whether it's Mason or Ryan Tannehill or whoever, and then you go draft, uh, you go draft yourself uh, maybe a developmental guy uh, in the fourth round. I could definitely see that happening just because of, you know, how that quarterback for uh, room for the Steelers is just kind of on shaky ground right now. Absolutely. There's a lot of different things the Steelers could do this offseason, but I think the big thing is, you know, we, the, the way to know what direction they're going to go and to get a sense of what they're doing is to continue watching their activity the way you have at the Senior Bowl, the way we will as a team at the at the, at the the NFL Combine, and then see what are the, what are the chances that they go after different guys uh, in free agency. All that will be determined with, with, with time. But as always, if you want to keep up with that, the best place to do that is the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, post-gazette.com for all of our coverage on the written side. Ray's got all his reports from the Senior Bowl and all the interviews he's been, he's been doing there, as well as all of our audio and, and video coverage content on your favorite podcasting apps and on youtube like this video if you enjoyed subscribe to this channel to get all of our daily content that comes out from all of our sports writers covering everything in the pittsburgh sports area thanks again for tuning in to the north shore drive podcast back monday breaking things down what we what, what else we glean from the actual senior bowl game and other things that we're looking at as the steelers march forward into the offseason we'll see you here on the north shore drive podcast thank you for tuning in to another episode of the north shore drive podcast from the pittsburgh post-gazette if you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. For all the sports coverage from the Post-Gazette that we have to offer, visit post-gazette.com.